Hello and welcome to this podcast brought to you by Argus Media. I am Leonardo Siqueira, one of the editors of Pine Chemicals here at Argus, and I'm joined today by Julia Esquadrin, Associate Editor of Biofuse at Argus. Julia, welcome to the podcast. Hi, Leonardo. Thank you. It's good to be here. The biofuse market is a key end market for crude oil or CTO, a byproduct of the softwood craft bobbin process. The oil fatty acids or TOFA, one of the main CTO fractions, and crude fatty acids, CFA, can also be used into biofuse. With the growing interest of CTO and CTO derivatives like TOFA into biofuse in recent years, many are looking to the recent blending rate discussions in Europe. Member states in Europe have adopted different approaches over their biofuel mandates, with countries like Sweden and Finland reducing their obligations, while other countries are proposing an increase in their mixing and biofuels from renewable sources. Julia, can you please elaborate a little bit on the current market fundamentals for biofuels and how these revisions can affect demand for HVO feedstocks? Sure. So, yeah, I think indeed the biofuels market is is really strictly correlated to the legislative framework. So any changes to EU-wide, but also national obligations can have a big impact on price trends and can shift supply and demand fundamentals for biofuels. So if we look at the European market, um, the overarching legislation that sets target for the use of renewables in the transport sector is the so-called Renewable Energy Directive, uh, currently, the legislation in place is RED2, but the EU Council recently adopted RED3, which is going to introduce even more ambitious targets to reduce emissions from transport. So if we look at RED2, um, you have these feedstocks that are listed in Annex 9, Part A and B, and they are incentivized, especially um, advanced feedstocks, which are listed in the Part A, um, and that comprises a pretty long list of, of raw material, which includes tall oil pitch, um, biomass fraction of waste and residue from forestry and forest-based industries, nut shells, bagasse, and several others. Whereas waste feedstocks um, uh, are primarily used cooking oil and Category 1 and 2 tallow, and they are listed in Annex uh, 9, Part B. These are capped at 1.7%, but are eligible for double counting, and member states can request to be able to surpass um, this limit. And then you have crop feedstocks in Europe. Uh, these are um, capped uh, under uh, red, but also several member states have already introduced much tighter caps on the use of palm oil specifically, and sometimes soybean oil derived biofuels. So red, uh, red too, is transposed at the national level by each member states. And generally, the trend that we have seen in the past had been that of a yearly increase in these obligations to in either increase the share of, of renewables in the fuel mix or to uh, reduce emissions, um, however, the type of mandate, however, that's set up. Uh, so the trend had been uh, that of an increase, you know, but more recently, we have seen some member states move in, uh, in slightly different directions. So. Um, they have been reducing or freezing the obligations, uh, primarily to reduce the price of fuels at the pump. So as you said, um, Leonardo, so Sweden has proposed to cut its uh, greenhouse gas emissions reduction quota mandate for diesel and gasoline to 6% for uh, the 2024-2026 period. And Finland has proposed to freeze its mandate for next year at uh, 2023 levels, having already cut its 2022 and 2023 targets quite significantly. 
on on the other hand, we have member states that um, are looking to increase uh, the obligation. So, for example, the Dutch government has proposed to increase uh, its mandate for next year and to reduce the multiplier for biofuels in shipping. And in Germany, HVO 100 sales are expected to be allowed at the pump from next year. And Italy is also introducing incentives for the use of pure biofuels as well. So basically, market dynamics are changing and we could see new patterns emerge in terms of uh, biofuels and HVO flows specifically, uh, but also in terms of feedstocks demand uh, for HVO production next year. So, for example, Sweden, uh, if this proposed mandate is, is transposed into legislation, that could see the share of HVO really drop dramatically in the fuel mix. And that could free up a lot of volumes uh, of HVO that will need to find a new home. And in Sweden, one of the main feedstocks used um, has historically, historically been um, category three tallow. So we could potentially see an impact on demand for that feedstock, but also possibly on some of the other advanced feedstocks as well. Um, there is also being for, for next year, there is also going to be more HVO and SAF production coming online in, in Europe and especially in this Scandinavian markets. Uh, so as the ST1 refinery, uh, should be coming online later this year. Uh, and Prim is also expanding its co-processing co capacity. And this could, in theory, attract some more advanced feedstocks. Um, but it, it will also depend on whether the end market is ready to absorb these volumes. And of course, we can discuss in more detail, but the large wave of advanced biodiesel from China um, that we have seen earlier this year not only had a significant impact on biodiesel prices, but also um, reduced demand for some of these uh, feedstocks as well within Europe. So that's kind of, um, yeah, <laughs> a bit of an overview of, of the biofuels trends and how legislation does affect demand for the end fuels and, of course, can have a knock-on impact on, on the feedstock part as well. But maybe this is one area for you to expand on, Leonardo, a little bit. How, how is CTO demand looking this year? So, Julia, demand for CTO into both fractionation and biofuels this year is reduced after US CTO spot prices reached uh, higher price levels late last year and early this year. So nowadays, both the price and end demand for CTO are trending lower. Uh, fatty acids and rosin are the biggest streams fractionators get when distilling CTO. With higher price CTO as seen earlier this year, soft rosin demand and elevated rosin stocks in Europe, CTO fractionators have not been willing to take in more CTO material, as this would result in even additional rosin volumes at a time rosin demand is depressed. This situation has led Julia to lower CTO fractionation rates this year. This meant European fractionators have purchased less CTO, both locally from the European pulp mills and from the US. CTO fractionation is still the major end market for CTO. But looking to the trade data, we can see that U.S. CTO export volumes this year are down from the levels seen last year. From January throughout August this year, the U.S. exported about 46,000 tons less CTO compared to the same period of 2022, which represents about a 24% decline year over year. So this year, demand for rosin is depressed across the downstream markets like printed inks, paper sizing, and adhesives. 
the rosin demand outlook remains uncertain looking into the first quarter of 2024 as there are no signs demand would pick up. So looking to the CTO markets, higher fractionation rates depend on feedstock pricing as well on the TOFA tour balance. But the persisting downward price pressure on rosin high stock levels and the weaker downstream demand will likely continue constraining fractionators from getting more CTO volumes. Looking into biofuels, buyers argue CTO economics at this point are not competitive into biofuels. TOFA and crude fatty acid CFA prices are considered higher compared to other feedstocks. And TOFA supply is not long because of reduced fractionation rates this year. The recent influx of uh, imported advanced biodiesel, Julia, and you have just touched on this subject, right? Uh, so this influx of material produced uh, from Annex 9A feedstocks on the, under the red uh, tube is also believed to have been impacting CTO usage into biofuels as it has pressured European Union renewable fuels prices since the start uh, of the year. Can you comment a little bit on that? Yeah, sure. Um, so yeah, it has uh, it has been a bit of a complex situation, I would say, this year with uh, with this um, large wave of imports. So in uh, in March this year, um, some allegations were made of um, mislabeling of some biodiesel imports following a sharp increase year on year of flows from China. The allegations have been centered primarily around uh, German imports of biodiesel from sludge from food production waste, acid oils from soap stocks and palm oil mill effluent oil. And in, in Germany, these advanced biofuels can be used to meet the national advanced quota and are eligible for double counting, except those produced from palm oil, once the minimum advanced target is met. So following the, the allegations, the, co the, the Commission said that they were aware of um, this sort of, yeah, that, that these allegations were made. And then ISCC, Germany and the Netherlands, they, they launched their separate investigations on the matter. And then in August, the Commission also launched an investigation on the possible circumvention of trade measures against Indonesia biodiesel uh, by imports through China and the UK. So while the results of these investigations are still pending, um, the effect of this large wave of imports has been to pressure biodiesel and biofuels prices in general in the, in the European market. And it, has, um, it also has squeezed margins for, for European producer. This in turn led to a reduction in price for um, tickets, uh, biofuels tickets, um, which are these tradable certificates that can be used to meet a uh, national obligation in some of the member states. And especially we have seen this impact on greenhouse gas tickets prices in the German market. Um, so low, uh, a lot of imports and low tickets values um, have weighed on overall demand for, for these biofuels, including for HBO, because of the availability of cheaper compliance option. And in terms for, of, of impact specifically on demand for, for advanced biodiesel and, and HBO, Indeed, interest from the German market especially has weakened following this large wave of imports and in general demand in Europe has been limited also because of lower diesel consumption in key markets. At the moment, there is still a lot of legislative uncertainty in Europe. The investigations are still open. 
and uh, some of these proposed cuts or increases at the national level uh, have yet to be translated into legislation. Um, so yeah, all of these changes, proposed changes, allegations and investigations, they all have had a quite significant impact on the European biodiesel and feedstocks markets. And for sure, we have seen, as you said, a lot of pressure on, on prices this year. Thanks for listening to this podcast. To learn more about CTO and the other fine chemicals we cover, please visit view.argusmedia.com slash finechemicals or email us at leonardo.siqueira at argusmedia.com. Thanks, Leonardo. And if you have more questions on, on biofuels markets or feedstocks, you can reach out to the Argus Biofuels team as well.